I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Pros. Pros is the custom beauty brand that is all over your feed. I had been wanting to try them for so long. And when I tell you guys that I put on my Instagram story that they were going to be sponsoring the podcast, I got so many genuine organic responses from my following of people being like, oh my God, I love Pros. I've been using it for years. So don't even just take it from me, but take it from the genuine people that reached out agreeing with me about how much they love Pros. And when Pros says custom, they actually mean it. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. One of the coolest parts of the questionnaire that I thought was they literally asked me about my location and my zip code so that they could understand how hard the water is here, what the UV index is like, if it's cold, if it's dry, and all of that goes into these truly personalized products. Pros even did a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, and Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. So try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the Artie Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash Artie Friends. That's pros.com slash Artie Friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash Artie Friends. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Hello and welcome back to the Artie Friends Podcast. This is Allison. And this is Kara. First of all, I just want to say thank you guys so much for being here. Welcome back if you've been with us for a long time and welcome if you're new here. For Kara and I, this is such a fulfilling creative outlet and just a way for us to share our knowledge and things we're going to, hopefully as much as it is for you guys to receive. So I just want to say thanks. Yeah, especially since we've been having a ton of new listeners heading over from TikTok or Instagram or really wherever. So yeah, great shot, Allison. Thank you for being here. We hope that you're enjoying these episodes. And as always, let us know what you guys want to hear. You can always send us DMs on Instagram. Let us know how you're feeling. Comment in our Instagram posts and do a vibe check there. Do a vibe check. Yeah. Today's episode will be our monthly segment of WWYBD, What Would Your Bestie Do? This is where we try to compile questions that we get a lot or we feel like are something a lot of you guys might be going through and we do it the last Friday of every month. Yeah. 
And this is this month's installation. And if you didn't know, last month we did this live at our live episode recording, which you can listen to on our Patreon. If you were missing that, what would your best you do? It's over there. So head to patreon.com slash friends to hear that. But before all this, let's catch up. Allison, tell me what you've been up to. It's been a hot minute since we've chatted. It has been a hot minute. I know I was on the way over here and I was just thinking like, gosh, I feel like you and I haven't had a heart to heart in a while. Us and the listeners <laughs> haven't had a heart to heart in a while. I was like, I need this. So yeah, I feel like I have so much to say today. Going off of last week, I was saying there's been so many celebrations and so much happening and overwhelming, good overwhelming, but a lot. Same energy kind of carried through uh, last week as well. It was Clay's birthday and our anniversary. But I, I have a question for you. What do you think about this? So Clay and I's anniversary is August 19th, but that's just the day that we re-met four years ago, like when we rekindled. Mm-hmm. But So we never really had like an official, oh, today is the day we're started dating. Like it's not like he asked me to be his girlfriend or I asked him to be my boyfriend. Just from that moment, we just have been together ever since. But it's kind of an annoying date because it's like the same time as his birthday. So I feel like they're both trying to get celebrated together. Same as like people who have a Christmas birthday or like my mom, her birthday is right by Mother's Day. They just get smushed. So I was like thinking about it and I'm like, can we change our anniversary? I mean, we just decided it was August 19th because we decided that. But can I just like move it to September? Because my birthday's in October. So then we could just have Clay's birthday month, our anniversary, and then my birthday. Absolutely. I think you can definitely (laughs) change it because even me seeing your post about your anniversary, I'm like, I don't even know what would be considered me and Connor's anniversary. Like, is it August? Is it October? Because we first met on August 27th. I remember that. But then he asked me to be his girlfriend like sometime in October and I don't even know when that date is. And I don't know. I think you can definitely change it. Right? And now you guys have your engagement anniversary and then you'll get married and then you'll have your wedding anniversary. And it's like, which one are you supposed to pick here? But I want to be able to choose one where I feel like we actually get to celebrate it and focus on it and it not get Mm -hmm. caught up in all the other things. And August is such a busy month with back to school. Clay's brother's birthday is last week. Like there's already too much happening and I want to celebrate all of these things. I just want to give each of them the time that they deserve. Yeah. Is there like a first date that you went on in September or I don't know, is there like another milestone? He didn't ask you to be his girlfriend then probably at some point, did he? No, but maybe I know, I that go, was so cliche. No one does that anymore. Right? Um, maybe I need to go digging in some photo archives and see like some event or thing that we did that we can change it to. Yeah. No, but I totally feel that. I feel like August is absolutely crazy. But you know that there's a TikTok sound that was like the middle of July or something? Yes. And yes. I was just thinking about that yesterday and I'm like, wait, I miss that. My and, moment's gone. <laughs> and the moment's gone. And also it's like not even the middle of August anymore. Like it's like the end of August. I don't know. Right? That just hit me really hard. I was like, whoa, I miss the sound. But like, I also missing it for like this month too. Like, whoa, we're, we're really flying. Well, there's the August sound. So you have like <laughs> okay. a few days left. Have you seen yeah. that one? No. <laughs> I think it's a Taylor Swift song. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And Is it? I don't, I'm not very good. August yeah. away. Yeah, that one. That's the we're one. We're not making this a singing <laughs> podcast because I'm going to cut that out actually. So... <laughs> I think we should actually start with that every week. You could just do a little jingle. <laughs> Um, the girl who got kicked out of Russell Middle School's show choir? Absolutely not. <laughs> you did? Yes. Why? Because you weren't a good enough singer? I think it was a mix of that. It was also a mix of I quit the choir class because I was already in orchestra. And to be in show choir, you're to be in the choir class. And I'm like, I cannot be doing orchestra and choir all in a day. Like, we have to go to the academics, ladies and gentlemen. Like, we can't just be doing music all day. And she, like, wouldn't make an exception for me. So she said, bye, bitch. <laughs> oh, I feel like you would be a really good singer. 
if you oh gosh, put your heart and soul into it. I think that's with anything in life. You just got to practice, get some lessons. Maybe I need to go see a vocal coach. Oh my God. And what... <laughs> For me, dancing is like that. Like I am just, I don't have a rhythmic bone in my body and I just <laughs> am not a good dancer. When I was younger, I think I did dance for like maybe three weeks and then I started crying. I think it was ballet, but <laughs> I don't know. I just get so much stage fright and I'll share this story. This is the only trip story I'll share. Otherwise, all the Tulum stuff I'll share next week. But I went to Salsa Night with full intention that I was going to be a spectator. I was like, I will, I'm just, I'm just here to open the door of curiosity. When Clay and I were in Columbia, we also avoided it too, because Columbia is like where salsa, I think in the city of Cali, it's a, like a really big salsa city. And so we were all like, we're going to do some salsa classes. We're going to go to salsa night. And then we both just opted out. But this time I was like, oh my God, I'm going to do it. And there was this guy there that I had met through some other things. And he had been a salsa instructor for like 18 years. I was like, crap, I have too. And so we were on the dance floor and everyone, salsa is so fast. It's like, do, 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 or I guess it can be yeah. really fast. And yeah, it was really embarrassing, but it was good. <laughs> it was great for me to get out of my comfort zone. But I was like, I am so bad. He Would had you to take explain. classes for it? I mean, it's like if I had a ton of hours in the day, I don't have this like huge desire to be like a salsa dancer. And there's also probably not a huge salsa community in Omaha. I could be wrong. I'm sure that there are some venues, but it's not like it's like a big part of my daily life. So I don't know if that's time well spent for me right now if I were to move to a place that that was more of a thing yeah sure sure how do you feel about dance um I'm better at dancing I think but like I think I do have the ability to like snap and keep on rhythm and like tap your toes kind of rhythm so TikTok of you and Connor I'm like Connor Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. There was a TikToker. I'm like roasting Connor. I'm like, how can you not snap to the song? It is literally so easy. It's like one, two, three, four. And Connor's like clapping every other. I'm like, oh my gosh, this boy. We're... No, it's literally me. I like, I just so don't funny. hear it. <laughs> I'm not hearing anything. Like, where, where's the rhythm? Where is it? I don't know. I can't find her. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I wish I could just be one of those people that just like goes up to karaoke night and just like sounds amazing, you know? But I overcompensate with that kind of stuff, which is like the energy, the good vibes, you know? Mm -hmm. It's all about the stage presence. If you don't have the talent, fake it till you make it. <laughs> I think I'll leave this one to you. I'll, um, I'll do the lights or I'll, I'll cue up some things in the audience and I'll let, I'll let you be the stage girl. If it was like a theater play, you would do the set design, the there we go. programs, the costume design, and I would put on the one-man show. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, how about you? I'm so sorry. I derailed Wait, that. <laughs> I feel like, well, is there anything else you want to say? I feel like we just went into the anniversary chat. What else have you been up to? So was your your guys' anniversary? Mm. Oh, yes. I was going to say, RAC has been out for two weeks. Two weeks. And the first week, it was in the hundreds. So it was pretty miserable. I know that this is a first world problem. And I am someone who likes the heat. Like, I literally went to Mexico where there's, like, not that much AC. But for me, when it's, like, it's supposed to be hot somewhere, I like that. But when I'm working at New Wave inside and I'm steaming clothes and doing laundry, I do not want it to be 100 degrees in my apartment. And it because it's, it's different when there's fresh air coming in, but a lot of our windows are so old that you can't even open them or they have a glass pane in it too. So even if you open it, there's like another piece of glass. I don't know how to describe it, but very minimal airflow. And I am just so upset with my landlords because let's think about this summer. We had a methane gas leak. We had the patio door fly off 
off during a storm, crashing in the living room. We had a plumbing issue that they uprooted the whole shower situation for weeks. Then the AC goes out. And in my opinion, I think all of these things were of hazard and should have been fixed before we moved in. But they were definitely trying to get like the last little bit of life out of it. I understand it's expensive to own a building. So I absolutely see their side. But my electric bill or my OPPD bill, guess how much it was? The last I'm, two months. I'm nervous. How much? Um, the month before last, it was 425 And last month, it was 485 What's like, it usually? Oh, like, I don't know, 150 yeah. 175 Okay, that's so weird to say that. Ours was really high this month, too. Is this happening to everyone or no? Well, Why it should do you go think up a little bit. It should go up a little more in July, August. Obviously, those are the hottest months. But I looked back on last year, and the peak, the highest bill was like 210 Oh, wow. So that's, like a, that's a huge discrepancy of it jumping up to 485. And part of the problem is, is when the guy came to fix the AC, he should have just said it's actually broken. But apparently there had been a leak in this thing. And so, you know, we're cranking the AC, we're trying to cool it off or whatever. And all of that energy is just being let out. So they tried to fix it and by putting a Band-Aid fix on it when it was broken. So that's kind of my argument in it is like, hey, a month and a half ago, you guys already knew it was broken. So I alerted you that it was on its last leg. So this should be, there should be some compensation for this bill. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was, I told them. You were paying extra to run a broken AC and now your bill's twice as much. And now it's on me. Yeah. Which a whole different funny thing is, so Clay's dad actually works in HVAC distribution, heating, ventilation, AC, and air conditioner. I learned so much about distribution at the family dinner the other night and why we're having so much of the supply chain shortage of trucks not being able to get it. So think of the country along I-80, you know, San Francisco up to New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Omaha is right on I-80. So trucks like want to go along this route. But if you live somewhere that's like way off of I-80, the trucks don't want to go and deliver to that because there's no like back route. You know, they're getting paid Mm -hmm. to deliver something, but then they have to do all those miles back or like go over to Denver or over to Minneapolis. It's just not efficient. And you even see like Amazon, they used to have like super fast delivery on everything. They're cutting back and they give you that option like to try to have longer shipping times. Mm-hmm. And it's because during the height of the pandemic, truckers were not seen as an essential business. So they closed the schools where people got their CDL license. And so now you have all these truckers retiring or quitting because it's exhausting and they're overworked and you don't have this knew the two years of people that should have been getting licensed to replace them. So there's just a mass shortage of truckers. I was like, wow, thank you for informing me. Like, I, you know, we hear about all of these problems, but like, we're like, what's the logistics? Or like, why is this happening? Oh, wow. It's just interesting to know. Yeah. COVID screwing up a whole nother thing. Yeah. Just like the delayed effects of, mm-hmm. you know, we think, oh, everything should be fine now, but domino effect. So does that make getting your AC fixed taking longer? I think so. But it was funny because <laughs> we were like telling, we we're like, Mr. Fisher, can't you just pull the part out of the warehouse? Just like bring it on over. But I don't know bring it, his please. company. <laughs> like could be coming from anywhere. Or just like, where does it happen to be? And like, what part do I need? If I just happened to break in? If I, yeah. If I just came over what? to your office, what would I need? <laughs> what if we just called Taylor? up oh my gosh Uh, all right enough about me take it away you have so much to catch up on I'm really excited to hear um yeah I mean just updates over here 
finally got done with our Visit the USA shoot, the second shoot of this little series that we're doing. So we did Atlanta, Savannah, Charleston, and Charlotte. So that was really fun. I think on the last week's episode, I was in Atlanta filming for that. So I gave a few updates there, but for the rest of the shoot, it went really well. Uh, it was my first time in Savannah. Spooky, spooky town. Have you been? No, but I saw your story <laughs> about that. Yeah, apparently, basically the land that was given to these like developers and settlers in the 1800s was an old Indian burial ground. So there's like thousands of corpses underneath the city and they just like built on top of it. So not only are you just like walking over thousands of dead bodies underneath you, it's a little bit haunted and there's just like a lot of spooky stories. <laughs> it's Wait, very can I interject really fast? Yeah. It's not even just corpses of people who died naturally, uh, you know, of old age. If you said it was Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Well... That was during the time where they were getting killed for like just existing. So I'm sure there was a lot of extra trauma and, you know, anger that was yes. developing while yes. those towns were happening. So that could add a layer of spooky. Now, I don't know if those bodies that you're talking about specifically are there, but the anger and the disrespect were major themes because we did a ghost walking tour. Mm -hmm. And basically all the ghosts that are built underneath or that the city is built on top of have been disrespected because their burial ground and where they lay to rest is not being restful at all. Um, so that's just like a common theme amongst the city, which I had no idea. And it was very interesting. We learned a lot. Did, yeah, like I said, a ghost walking tour with Jacqueline. She was amazing. I will link her little tour if you ever happen to be in Savannah in the show notes. And she, yeah, she taught so much. It was a tarot and ghost walking tour. So it started out with tarot and we filmed the whole thing for Visit the USA. You'd get like a little tarot reading from Jacqueline, which I thought was really cool. And then you went amongst your tour and she took you through all the old cemeteries, which another part so not only are there Indian burial grounds underneath the city but the city kept wanting to develop and they had some cemeteries in the city that they just like took up the graves and like moved them so they could keep building the city so it's just like a lot of disrespect <laughs> to the to the dead um oh. yeah it's pretty crazy I literally had no idea but it's a nice city. It's very pretty. I was ready to leave. Spooky things kept happening. Like I posted on my Instagram story that the fire alarm for our hotel went off. They don't know how. It was 7 a.m. That was a fun waking up to. Um, my makeup brushes were like moving in my hotel room. I was like, mm -mm, get me out of here. I did not put this here. Like things are like getting moved around. I was out of there. So after that, I went to Charleston, um, which I love Charleston. That was great. Did a boat tour. Did an oyster farm tour. Seriously, if you ever are in Charleston, highly I recommend Low Country Oyster Farms. They took us out to their oyster farm, showed us how they make oysters. It was so cool. And they were just really fun and nice. And yeah, then we ended up in Charlotte and did a bunch of different things. We did a whitewater rafting tour thing, which they have the largest man-made whitewater rafting center in the US. So that was really cool. I had no idea what that was going to look like or be like, but it was very fun. And a listener of the podcast actually messaged me that, that she lived in Charlotte. And when I posted that we were going to be in Charlotte, she messaged me and she was like, if you guys need any extras, let me know. Shout out to Anne. Uh, we ended up needing two extras. So I went through my DMs and found her message. And I was like, hey, do you want to come out to the Whitewater Center today? Because we needed two more people to, you know, raft. And having two less people on the raft would have been like a lot harder because it's like a whole team effort. So her and her friend Chandler came out. We had so much fun. We all went to dinner. And that was our trip. Wait, that's awesome. Yeah, it was really fun getting to meet Anne and just, yeah, meeting listeners is always so much fun. And yeah, I want to encourage more people if we're in your city, please message me because... 
I was thinking when she busted me, I'm like, oh, we don't really need extras, especially for Charlotte. Like, I don't think we'll need anyone. But I was like, yeah, I'll keep you posted. And like, we literally ended up needing two extras. So she kind of manifested it a little bit. True, true. I think that you should recap kind of what you put on your story too about, well, it is very fun and I'm very thankful to have this job. Like it is sun up to sun down and it's way more than just like looking cute and taking a cool video. Mm-hmm. Do you want to maybe share like the flips? Just like not to paint a different picture, but the realities of how hard you work. No, thank you. I feel like I always kind of forget to share that side of it too, because yeah, we are working sunrise to sundown because it's a production. We are only going to be in these cities for like one or two days and we need to maximize all the time that we have. And we're also very small teams. I think there was five of us on the whole shoot. It was just me and another producer, two videographers and our talent. And I think whenever I post all this stuff, yeah, like you said, it like seems really fun and cool and it totally is. Don't get me wrong, but it is so much work. And these trips leave me so drained. Like you can't work on anything else outside of it. I always tell myself I want to post a bunch of stories and post some TikToks on the ground. Like there is not time for that at all because we're driving the talent and then we're calling locations, confirming that we can come at the certain time. Then we go in and we talk to the locations because they're so excited to have visit the USA and beautiful destinations there. So we're talking with them. We're helping the videographer set up. We're helping the talent set up, ordering food for like, if it's a restaurant that we're shooting, setting the tables. Like there's never a moment where I'm not doing something and it takes me like two to three days to recover from a shoot because I'm just like so tired. We have to send end of the day updates to the team. We're constantly calling, texting, emailing people. And yeah, even just the driving is just exhausting. I was just going to say, we're doing all of this for the first time too. It's not like you do this Savannah shoot once a month where you're Mm -hmm. like, we know exactly where we're going. We know where we're going to park. We know who we're meeting. Like all of this is unfolding in real time and you've got to be on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're representing your client. So like you said, like you have to be on it and like have energy because the people that you're meeting are meeting Visit the USA and Brand USA for the first time. So yeah, it's a lot. Um, And I posted my story just kind of saying that exact same thing. And like I'm posting these stories four days late because by the time we're done with the day, I have to feed everyone. And whether that's going out to a crew dinner or like making sure everyone has takeout ordered, then I get back to the room and I type up the end of the day report and I send it to our account team so they can send it to the client, like send photos and say what went well, say what shots we didn't get, maybe if it rained. And then if it rained, like we had some things go wrong. I'm on the phone seeing if a location will have us back again so we can like reshoot something. And then it's 1130 at night and I'm like, when am I going to post a story? Like I'm going to bed. Let alone trying to get good sleep, maybe do anything for yourself during that time to refill your cup in the morning. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I so much. didn't get, I mean, this all, like you said, first world problems, but like I didn't get to work out once. So I'm like, that's frustrating because I have fitness goals for the year. Like I I have goals that I want to do for myself. I don't have time to do those. Just, yeah, literally getting five hours of sleep every night because we're waking up for sunrise, five, six hours, which is not ideal for me. So yeah, with everything you see on social media, even if someone has an amazing job, there's just a lot that goes behind it. And it's not Mm -hmm. all glitz and glamour. And part of most people's jobs, I'm sure that there's many of that you can relate to this. You're trying to put your best foot forward and you're not going to be like complaining to everyone about like how hard this is because you don't want to come off ungrateful or anything like that. And I face it as a business owner too. Of It's like, do you show how hard it is behind the scenes so that the customer has an appreciation for what's going into it? Or do you try to make it look like appealing and aesthetic and fun because that's like the product you're selling? Yeah. So it's this like duality of the good and the bad and the realistic versus what you're kind of promising. A thousand percent. And I feel like with travel and tourism, everyone wants their best foot put forward. So even when I'm posting stories or writing captions, I always make sure to make it very appealing. Because 
I mean, 99% of the time it is. Like the actual travel and the actual experiences are amazing, but you're so right. It's like, even I have coworkers that weren't traveling on the shoot and they're like, we hop on the calls, a Zoom call, like after the shoot and I'm just so exhausted. Like my voice is completely gone. I'm so drained. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm really tired. The schedule was so packed, like zero breaks, which doesn't typically happen. Like I try to schedule some breaks here and there, but just with how many states and cities and within the amount of days that we were doing, there was just really not time for breaks. And someone was like, well, from your Instagram stories, you don't look tired. Like it looks really fun. And I'm just like, <laughs> like, sir, please don't say that. Like, I, I know, know. Cause it's like, what do you want me to do? Go on and put the company in a bad light yeah. and complain about it? Like, put I don't know what blast. you want me to do. Yeah. Exactly. I like, I just was like smiling. I'm like, sir, please don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not here for that right now. I know. It's hard. And that's like kind of the whole problem of social media, right? If you're someone who is an influencer, like I, your job is to sell stuff. But if every single story or feed post or TikTok is a promotion, people would unfollow you. So you have to counterbalance that with personal life. So it can mm-hmm. seem to people that are like around you that you're just posting for fun and you have all this free time so you can get all these posts up. But you have to post the fun, lighthearted stuff in order to be able to put a paid thing on because your audience is usually following you for the actual authentic content and then they'll they'll deal with paid content because of your other stuff. So I think some people who aren't in that realm don't understand that that is work even if that specific story or post or video isn't paying you. It's painting the picture of how you get paid. Mm-hmm. There's a whole strategy and a whole bunch of content. Yeah, that is behind that. Yeah. So yeah, that's the behind the scenes. It's a little hectic again. And like I said, my story and like you said, I would do it a thousand times over. It's so worth it. But I did want to clarify that it's not always just where should we got to eat like let's all just sit on our phones and like post all our cool pictures I'm like no we gotta go like I have to drive us five hours like let's go mm-hmm. yeah that's a lot well you should be very proud of yourself because I've seen those schedules and they are back to back to back to back thank you yeah they're never stopping it's they're trying to maximize what we do in a place which I totally understand like definitely want to get as much done as possible but oh my gosh sometimes it really does it really kills us <laughs> so <laughs> So yeah, that was my week. I would say peak of the week. I think my favorite thing that we did on that shoot was we got to go on a yacht, like a yacht tour of Charleston. And that was at sunset. So like a nice golden hour. We got to jump off the boat and swim for a little bit. So I'm just a big water girl. Love getting in the ocean, swimming, boating. I was talking to the boat captain and I'm like, I need to know what kind of boat this is so I can manifest me having this one day. (laughs) Like, how do I do that? So yeah, I think that was the peak of the trip for me was just getting to sit for a second and enjoy the ocean and swim and all that stuff. As a true Pisces. Yes, as a Pisces, exactly. What was your peak of the week? My peak of the week was getting my facial. It's just so beautiful to me that people have chosen careers where they massage people or do Brazilians or all the other kind of TLC work that we need done and to just give and give to people all day long. It's amazing because I go in there, you know, not kind of unwell. And then you come out and you're just like, wow, I feel so much better. I can't imagine being someone who has like, you know, 10, 15 clients a day like that, that you just got to heal them all. Wow. Special place in my heart for those people. But a a facial massage is just, it feels so good good mm-hmm. because they get like your earlobes and your <laughs> neck and your shoulders and your chest and like in your eyes just places that don't get massaged that often usually you know when you think of massage it's like maybe your partner massages your back 
neck or your legs or something. People mm-hmm. aren't usually like massaging your nose. Oh, I know. It feels so good. I cannot believe I wasn't getting facials before we started this podcast and before you talked about yours all the time. I'm like, okay, I need to experience what Allison's talking about. And I found a great place it's here. It, right? Oh, it's, I literally, just to have them massage even your forehead, I didn't realize how much tension I carry in my forehead. Mm-hmm. And the last time I went in, I was like, can you just take some of this tension out of my face? Like, I just can feel that I'm carrying tension in my face. And at the end, she was like, Kara, you had like so much tension, just like even above your right eyebrow. And I was literally trying to work it out for so long. And I don't know, it just feels mm-hmm. amazing. It's so worth yeah. every penny. It, I was going to say it pays for itself because to have that relief from you, then you can focus on your work and things that you need to do to get done. Yeah. One other side comment thing after you saying that though, when I was in Tulum, I did this class and the instructor was talking about how every person, you know, we hold trauma in our whole body, but most people can think like right now, as I'm saying this think to yourself, guys, like what one place in your body do you store it the most? And mine is my stomach, always has been. And Clay, I asked him the same question, is his is his shoulders, like right up here in his traps. Is yours your face then? Like when you think of like, oh, what always hurts for me? Like what aches? And I'm not talking about you guys, like I have like gut issues necessarily. It's like this pain kind of that you're always like, you're trying to work it out. Yeah, I don't know. Like right now I'm not feeling the tension in my face, but I've been gua shaing. So that's really been helping. Mm. Maybe either like my jaw or yeah, like my top, middle back. I don't even know what that's called. Like in between my shoulders, maybe. I don't know. But isn't it interesting though? That's like a very interesting we, question. Most people can pinpoint that place in their body where they're holding that. Yeah. All the tension. So, yeah. Some of my work over the next few months, I need to figure that out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be an ongoing issue for life for all of us, but awareness is one step closer to doing something about it. Well, there you go. That you talking about your facial just relaxed me. <laughs> that was nice. Okay, well, let's read your guys' peaks. Krista said, successfully threw my fiance a surprise 30th birthday party. That's awesome. It's hard to pull off surprises, so good job. That's amazing. Catherine said, seeing Harry Styles with my friend from school at Madison Square Garden. I'm loving Harry Styles concert TikTok. That sounds so fun. Hope you guys had the best time. Cute. And Mackenzie said, picked my wedding venue over the weekend. That is awesome. So fun. Couldn't be me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so behind on all that, but happy for you, Mackenzie. And Anna said, turned in my two weeks notice because I'm moving to Europe. Oh my gosh. She did the thing. Congratulations. That sounds so fun. I wish you a smooth transition with all of that. Mm -hmm. And as always, send in your peaks of the week to our Instagram story at Already Friends Podcast. Our next partner, Athletic Greens, has a product Allison and I really love and think is super cool. I started taking AG1 once I started traveling like crazy for work. Their travel packs make it super easy to take care of my gut health while traveling, keep my immune system in check, and give me energy that I need to work on super long production days. Yes, I've also been able to try Athletic Greens. I got it for a gift for Christmas, and I'm so impressed by the product and its ingredients. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. It's lifestyle friendly. Me and Allison are raving about the ingredients. We love that it's keto, paleo, it's plant-based, dairy-free, gluten-free. In our own experiences, you can really incorporate it into any diet or lifestyle that you choose, and it costs less than $3 a day. To make it easy to reclaim your gut health, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do 
do is visit athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And now time for what would your bestie do? You guys sent in some great questions. Some really got me thinking. I was like, wow, you know, I might be going through this right with you guys. So this will be interesting for us to talk it out. I'm right there with you. Some of them just even brought up similar situations. So if those come up, I will shout those out. But yeah, some really good questions. And yeah, I hope we can provide some good insight. Take it away. Which one, what question do you want to go with first? Well, I think we should start with the wedding category. We had quite a few wedding drama questions. And and as a recently engaged gal, I can see how these are issues. So I'm going to go ahead and read the first one. All right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I want to say like, dear Allison and Kara, but that's not a thing. Okay. Hey guys, I'm going with my boyfriend to his brother's wedding in early September. The family drama is intense. The mother of the groom doesn't think her son is marrying the right person. How do I support the mother of the groom who is my probably future mother-in-law without enabling her anxiety around the day. Oof, that's tough. I think that you just suck up to the mother of the groom. That's because what I was if you don't, you're about to be the one that she doesn't like either. <laughs> yes, wait. <laughs> My thoughts exactly. <gasps> Please elaborate. I just, I don't know. I do think mothers know best for their sons a lot. And if that mom doesn't really get good vibes, unless there's, I don't know, something else that maybe the mom just, no one is ever good enough for her son, but there might be some validity to her apprehensions. Mm-hmm. So I would say maybe don't don't weigh in on your opinion on anything. Like if she's talking to you and complaining, I wouldn't go all in and, you know, shitting on the, <laughs> like, the yeah, bride. Yeah, she sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but just like listen and nod along because even listening, that is probably what the mother of the groom just needs at that time. Yeah, it's definitely someone to listen. I agree with you. Don't give your opinions necessarily, but definitely just let her listen. Just tell her, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry you're going through this. Like just say those things that is saying that, you're there for her. Yeah, I'm with you. I would just let her vent, let her do her thing. Obviously, she's going through it. I feel like that's definitely not a great feeling if she really does feel like her son is marrying the wrong person. But at the end of the day, it's not really her place to have an opinion on that. It's not really your place to have an opinion on that. So I think just bite your tongue. Even if you do have some things you want to say, just write it out and just, yeah, let her vent to you, but don't get too involved. Yeah, because I also don't think that you're the person that she needs to be talking about this with. She should have her girlfriends, maybe her siblings. Yeah. Maybe her partner. Like there are other people that she should be speaking to on this, not you. Yeah. Well, best of luck. That sounds stressful. But yeah, just stay on her good side. Don't do anything that's going to make you the next wrong person for her other son. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's my thoughts too. Okay, the next wedding drama question. This is such a good question. Mm-hmm. I feel like every bride probably has some situation like this. It says, I'm a 2024 bride and I'm in the process of picking my bridesmaids. I have a girl group from college that I love all of them so, so dearly and want most of them to be a part of it. I'm debating because there's one girl from the group that we've just never been close to and haven't always felt connected. I've always respected her because she's so close with my besties and she can bring good vibes, but we've never been close and 
and sometimes I get the feeling that she doesn't like me, but it's never been said. Anyways, they all still live in our college town and I have moved away. I'm worried that if I don't include her, it'll make the others feel weird or maybe even upset with me because she is still very much in their lives. But at the end of the day, bridesmaids are expensive. What is your advice? I think don't invite her. It's your wedding. And if she brings bad vibes to you or the vibes that she doesn't like you, then that's your answer. I feel like your wedding day is supposed to be fun and special for you. And I personally don't want anyone in my wedding party that is not 100% a ride or die. So I would just not worry about what kind of drama it's going to cause. If this girl is actually your friend, then she would understand and not take it personally. But I would just move forward without her. And if that's what you feel like is the best decision for you. Yeah. And she might also not want to be your bridesmaid. Yeah. And I say that with love. Like you might be feeling like, oh, I feel like I have to invite her. But she might also secretly be hoping that she hopes you don't ask. Yeah. And I think the drama, like there might be some drama or pushback, but hopefully it's before the wedding. And maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, by letting that work itself out beforehand, it makes the actual wedding day how you want it to be. And I think you could express to your closer friends that, you know, you had a finite amount of space for bridesmaids and it was a hard decision. But at the end of the day, you feel like this is what was best for you and your partner. Yes. And like you were just saying, maybe this person is going to be upset or you know that they like really actually do want to be asked. I feel like there's a couple things you could do. One, I saw this TikTok of a gal who had a lot of friends and she only had a certain amount of people that could be her bridesmaid. So she had a friends of the bride category and she just asked all those girls to wear this shade of blue. So they were just regular wedding guests, but they got to wear this fun shade of blue. And I think they walked down the aisle and got to walk down and sit in the first few rows. So you could add another tier. If if you really think this person's gonna be upset and take it personally, maybe consider having like that little other category. I'll link that video in the show notes as well. So you can check that out. But also you could blame it on your partner or the groom or whoever you're marrying and just say, oh, they only had five people. I can only have five people. Sorry. Yeah. I love that mid-tier idea. I've never heard of that. I thought it was super cute. And the photos were adorable because yeah, some people do have a really tough time picking the bridesmaids if you have a lot of friends that are really close to you. And I thought that was a very nice way. And what she said in her video was it was a nice way to honor her friends, honor the people in her life. And yeah, they had like another special role and had like a more special part than just guest versus bridesmaid. Yeah, I love that. So it's not so black or white. Mm -hmm. That gray area. I love that. Good answer. Another question that I just want to throw in here is like, what would you best to do from one of my friends? So I know someone who's getting married and their groom has a sister that she is not very close to at all. But her groom wants her to make Mm -hmm. his sister a bridesmaid because that's just the precedent of that family's traditions. And like, that's just their precedent. It's like, oh, to my understanding, my sister should be one of your bridesmaids. But they're not very close. They're not very similar. And this girl doesn't want this sister to be her bridesmaid. What do you think? I feel like people aren't going to like my answer. But (laughs) I think she should get to be the bridesmaid. I think that there's a standard that just because the bride is identifies as a female, that she gets to pick the bridesmaids and that the male gets to pick the groomsmen. But I do think that there should be some say from both sides in the matter because at the end of the day, it's your wedding. It's not one person's wedding. Mm -hmm. And relationships are all about compromise. And if it's so important to the groom and the groom's family that she's a bridesmaid, is it more important to you that she's not a bridesmaid? Like, is that a small compromise that you could make that's not that big of a deal that would mean so much to them? Wow. When you put it like that, (laughs) (laughs) I... I totally see that. And you're right. If that was very much a big deal to the groom to come to you, then I would just do it. Maybe- and you might get me closer during that. Like maybe mm-hmm. the reason you guys don't aren't that, or that they aren't that close is because they don't really know each other that well. But maybe through 
this might foster some deeper understanding of each other. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it all is like case by case. I know I'm not asking Connor to make my brothers in his wedding just because like, I don't know. I think it all just depends on your family and what your expectations are, but you're right. It is all about compromise. If that means that much to that person, you should respect that. I think there's just so much now with weddings, like, because I think part of it is that this girl is having like a really fun bachelorette party and this other girl kind of brings the vibe down a little bit, doesn't really fit in with her group. And so she didn't want her to be a bridesmaid, not just because of the wedding, because of all the activities that she would have to come to with all of her friends. So I do see that. Do you think it's possible that she would not even want to go to the That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. Also, can we, do you have to invite them? I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think you have to invite your whole wedding party to your bachelorette or bachelor party. I think you can kind of pick. Yeah. Because I think that was the big part where she was like, it's just going to be awkward because it's just going to be this girl and all my friends are from college. And And like, they're going to feel left out. They're going to feel left out. Yeah. I think that's fine then. Yeah. Because people don't, that are under 21, I know sometimes won't get invited to the bachelorette party because it's just like, oh, well, we'll be going to the bars or doing things and you might have to sit a lot of things out. So however it gets framed, I feel like it could be well done. And I'm just, me and McKenna, my sister were talking about this situation because we were laughing because McKenna was like, I would not want to be invited if I was the groom's sister because they're going to have like dick cakes and like dick lollipops and like pictures of the groom and be doing like really inappropriate stuff probably. And I would not want to be there. That's your little brother. So sending good vibes, my friend. Hopefully that works out. I'll have to get an update. And yeah, I I see what you're saying. Honestly, I was more like, you don't have to invite her. Like it's your day. But uh, when you put it so eloquently, Allison, I do see that side. So I hope they can figure it out. Oh, thank you. I mean, I guess they could always ask the sister. People always think that asks have to be like one-sided, but they could literally just ask her if she wants to be a bridesmaid. Maybe she doesn't care. Yeah, that's As a retail shop owner, I know how important it is to have a good, reliable POS system. That's why I'm so excited about our sponsor today, Shopify. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source. Track everything across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers both inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash already friends. That is all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash already friends to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash already friends. Thank you again to Shopify for sponsoring the already friends podcast. So true. Okay. Okay. Another not wedding, but relationship drama question. Okay. So I'm in this huge friend group at school and we're all really close. Back in the fall last year, I started having a crush on one of the girls in the group and I kept it a secret from everyone, even the girls I was closest with in the group. When her, my crush, and I started to grow closer and catch feelings for each other, we decided to tell each other our feelings, which led to us started dating. We were both really happy and excited, but also nervous about how the friend group would react because I knew some of our friends wouldn't support it. We knew that we were taking a huge risk when we started dating 
joking because it would put our friendship at risk. But we were happy nonetheless. When we told our friend group, we did get a lot of support, but some of our friends don't support us dating because it would quote unquote ruin the friend group, which is not what we're trying to do. I forgot to mention that one of the friends that doesn't approve or show support is my girlfriend's roommate. So it makes things very awkward. And the other friends that don't show or support or approve of us, we end up hanging out a lot. So I think she's just feeling very torn and maybe wondering how she could get the group to be more supportive, which I think would be done through explaining that it doesn't hurt the vibes of the friend group. Yeah. I do feel like this is kind of an issue that happens a lot in the LGBTQ community because the dynamics are different, right? Like you have girls hanging out as friends, which is supposed to be seen as platonic. But then if, you know, say her girlfriend and her roommate who live together, but one's gay, like then there's the layer of like, are they flirting? You know, I think that there's other dynamics to that aren't faced with straight relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, someone really close to me is gay, had a similar situation, friend circle group and her friends didn't like her girlfriend and actually wouldn't even let her come over anymore. So first of all, I want to validate to you that this isn't uncommon. I, f- I feel like there's some deeper rooted issues that there's some jealousy or not wanting other people to be happy because really you guys dating shouldn't affect the group. Why does it matter? Why aren't you guys allowed to date? That was my first thought. I'm like, why does that affect the group? I'm confused. Shouldn't everyone be happy that everyone's friends and that two friends became really even better friends? Like that's exciting. Yeah. So I think that's almost telling of the group vibes. Yes. When you said jealousy, I feel like that maybe hit the nail on the head because that's the only thing I could think of for why a group would be upset. If maybe they have FOMO that you guys are hanging out more now mm-hmm. and that the whole group isn't going to be involved in that. I don't know. That's kind of what I was thinking is that they always want it to be about the group, not and people going off on their own. Mm-hmm. But that's just life. Like that, that friend group thing is so tied with like high school, maybe even into college. But as you get older, it's just not really a realistic standard to maintain anymore. Mm-hmm. People grow up, they get jobs, they get partners, they have things. Like it's such an unrealistic expectation that everyone in the group is going to be of equal friends and always be able to do stuff all the time together. And only hang out all six or eight or 10 of you at the same time? No. Yeah. No. I'm So I would say just focus on you and your partner's relationship. If, that, if you don't feel like you guys have done anything wrong and that it's not because your partner is a bad person. It would be different if your friends were like, ah, I just, I don't know if she's a good person and we're worried about you. Right. But it doesn't seem like that's the case. It just seems like they're uncomfortable with it. Right. Yeah. And kind of at the end of the day, like we always say, if they were really your friends, they would be more understanding and they would be supportive. So if that means you're going to be less close with these people, I would say that pursuing the relationship is hopefully worth it and like worth maybe shaking up the friend group a little bit because yeah, I feel like I, if I were in that situation, maybe I would regret not doing it. So hopefully you don't regret pursuing this person. I hope that your friends will come to understand and maybe that's having a conversation with them and just telling them how you feel. If you feel like you need to express that to them. Yeah. Open dialogue, asking them. Ironically today, I listened to Jay Shetty's episode. It's a pretty recent run. He has two about expectations. Mm -hmm. I would maybe give that a listen and then see he gives so many good questions that you can ask someone if you feel like they're having unrealistic expectations of you in a way that you can frame it that you're not like coming for them. You're just trying to make things better. I would listen to that and see if you get anything out of it. That's great. 
yeah, whenever, like Allison's saying, whenever you're expressing how you feel, just make sure, like you just said, you're not coming for them. You're just explaining your perspective and why you're feeling like things are different, why it's hurting your feelings. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Next question. How do I get out of a bored slump? I love my routine, but I need something new. <laughs> do something impulsive. Ooh. Be spontaneous. Yeah. I feel like that's how I was feeling last fall. I was just starting to be a little mundane. And that's when I had that crisis. And I was like, you know what? Hair is going brown. I'm getting Botox. I'm leaving the country. I'm getting a Brazilian. <laughs> and then I felt better. I think we just need to shake things up sometimes. And she's never been the same since. She's never been bored no. since that moment. <laughs> <laughs> because as Allison's mom always says, what does she say, Allison? She always says, only boring people get bored. And not to say that you're boring, <laughs> no. but it's a good self-reflection question to be like, oh, I, the world's my oyster. The world is full of possibilities. I could literally do anything today. Yeah. I think when I have looked at boring slumps or when I've been feeling bored, making a new friend is always a really good one too, because that's just a whole new person that you can have new conversations with. Maybe you guys meet through a new hobby or you can try new things together. So yeah, finding someone through Instagram or through mutual friends or even something like Bumble BFF, a new friend is always a great way to get out of a board slump as well. Or maybe change part of your routine. Mm -hmm. Like if you've belonged to one gym or studio for a while, maybe try another one. If you always go to the same place to walk or take your dog, go to a different dog park. Small things, but mm -hmm. can make it a little better. I love that. How do you balance quality time with your partner, friends, and family? I feel like this is always the question of our lives. Like this is always something that I feel like everyone is always struggling with. Is that how you feel? Yeah. I feel like a lot of my overwhelm recently has been about that because as our circles get bigger, it's just more relationships to try to nurture. And I've said it on here before how, let's say you have a romantic partner, right? And another person tries to pursue you and you're like, oh, thanks for your interest, but like I'm already taken. I'm like trying to find ways to say that with friendships. Mm -hmm. I actually, for the first time in my life over the last few weeks, said kind of this, like to people had asked me to hang out that I like hadn't really met or like knew through the grapevine. And I was like, thank you so much for asking. Like, I so appreciate this and wish I had the capacity to hold this right now. But I am honestly not even nurturing the relationships in my life to the point that I want to be. And I feel that it would be like disrespectful to the close people in my life if I just keep going out and fostering new relationships when I can't even take care of the ones I have. But maybe in the future, if I'm able to hold more space for that, like I'd love to, but at this time, I just, I really can't. And both people didn't reply. And I was like, that kind of seems like someone who I don't want to be friends with then. If they can't, like, so why would you want to be friends with someone who can't be a good friend to you? Wow. Like I was saying it out of a place of love, you know, like you're going to ask me to hang out and then I'm literally never going to be able to see you again type of thing. Like I, right now I'm struggling so hard with even just seeing my mom, my sister, my stepbrothers, my dad and his wife, Clay's family, Clay, you and I see each other, what, once a year and we are podcast hosts? Like, I, I just don't have time for like getting a cup of coffee with an acquaintance. Like I, and that sounds terrible, but at the same time, like if you already have your romantic partner, why it doesn't sound terrible to be like, oh no, I can't take on another romantic partner right now. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem silly when it's looked at in that light. And I know we can all take on being kind to others, but do you remember Danielle Bayer Jackson that we had on mm -hmm. the friendship coach? Mm -hmm. She had a post recently that said the word friend gets very overused. Did you see it? No. 
I thought it was so interesting because I was like, you know, we have a podcast called Already Friends. So of course, we're all about making new friends here. But a, a different side of fr- a friendship podcast is how do I actually take care of the ones that I have? And I've been beating myself up for months about not wanting to make new friends. But it's not that I don't want to make new friends. I just need to figure out how I can take care of the ones that I already have before I add more. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like what she was saying too, is like everyone wants more and more and more friends. But it's like, what about the quality of the friendships that you already have? Wow. And I was like, yeah. You're right. Like I, I need to do better with like what I've already currently got going on. So to answer this person's question, <laughs> You're like I relate, <laughs> um, I stand with you. Is just being okay with saying no and mm-hmm. knowing that you can't go to everything. For example, Clay's brother's birthday was the other weekend in Okaboji. I think it was the only person in like the immediate family that didn't go. And I was like, you know what? I haven't even seen my parents mm-hmm. in like three weeks. And we just took your family's vacation to the Pacific Northwest. So I was like, I feel like I need to stay home this weekend. I need some time for myself. I need to see my family. And yeah, maybe his family was like, where's Allison? But like, it, you got to do what you got to do for yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's not personal. It's not that I don't like Cole and don't want to celebrate his birthday. No. You know, it's just like I got, I've got, i got my own stuff. And I wouldn't be offended if Cole doesn't want to come to my birthday. No, I think there's just only so much time in a day and a week and a month. And weekends fill up so fast once you start getting older and weddings come up or like you said, family vacations or just people get so busy. So yeah, I wouldn't feel bad at all saying like, whoa, wait, hold on. I need to say no to this. So I think that's a really great tip is not being afraid to say no to things. One more side to that. Mm-hmm. Something I know I've said on here before too is just integrating hanging out or seeing someone with things that you have to already get done. Mm-hmm. Like how I invited my dad to yoga the other week. It's like, I hadn't seen him. I knew he was busy. I was not, I was busy. And it's like, well, you're welcome to join me at XYZ thing. That's a good middle ground. I feel like maybe you're not getting as much one-on-one time as you would want. But if you both already have to walk your dogs or you both <laughs> need to go to the gym or whatever, doing it together might be better than not seeing them for weeks or months on end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and along with that, maybe there's a way where you can schedule like an entire family phone call once a month or every other month and just put something on the calendar and just hopefully try to stick to that. I know with some of my friends, it's best to like schedule something like a month check-in or maybe with your partner, a month date or just putting something on the calendar, I feel like can hold you guys both accountable to keep it balanced and to keep always checking in and keep that open communication. But yeah, I know it's hard for sure. And as always, you have to put in what you want to get out. So if you don't feel like you're getting a lot from your friends or your family, check yourself and make sure, wait, when was the last time I reached out? Or when was the last time I tried to do a phone call or hang out? So yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that you just made there. Jay said that in the episode I was listening today too, is it's always like, this person hasn't reached out. This person doesn't do this. And he's like, but have you? Mm-hmm. Are you doing that? Are you going out of your way to be a good friend, partner, daughter, whatever to them? Why is it always the expectation that the other person does it to us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. You're right. Okay, do we have time for one more? We can squeeze in one more. We can do it. It's fine. <laughs> okay, last question. How do you tailor your resume slash pitch yourself to land the job that you want? I'm just going to reflect this right back to you as I have like, <laughs> never applied for a job. I don't think this is my area. No, I think. Which is funny because I used to revamp people's resumes. Yeah. Like after college, I had my little resume redesign business where I'd make people's like ugly word doc go into this beautiful PDF. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to let you answer this one. Okay. I have a few thoughts here and feel free to jump in. 
One, I think that there's two aspects to resume. Of course, it's your actual achievements and the actual words that make up your resume. And then the second part is how it looks. So tailoring your resume with what you're going to put in, the words, the job descriptions, I think you got to go creep on someone who has your dream job and see what they have in their LinkedIn and what they have as accomplishments and past jobs, internships, use their buzzwords, use those keywords, put that on your resume. So kind of just like mock what other people have done that have got the position that you want. On the other side of how it looks, I've seen this on TikTok and I've done this personally and it has landed me a job interview. If you can tailor your resume to be branded like the company that you're applying mm-hmm. at, that literally works. Um, I applied for this company, Pop Sugar, during 2020 when I thought I was getting another full-time job and I made it all Pop Sugar themed. Like my name at the top was their font. I literally laid out my resume. I think it might have been my CV as their web page and Pop Sugar is like an online blog and content creation company. So I worded things things in my resume as a blog post and made it look like their website. And that got me a first round interview. So if you can make it creative, if it is a company that has that creative outlet, maybe not for like a lawyer position, (laughs) maybe that's like a bit of a stretch, but if it's a creative company, don't be afraid to get creative and brand your resume like that company's brand. But landing the job you want, yes, it's definitely about copying what other people are doing that are in that position. Yes, it's about doing the fun creative stuff, but it's really also about networking. So reach out to people that are in that company or in that industry and try to network. Getting your dream job does not happen overnight. It's a long journey. And if you know what you want to do, start building your network now. Start reaching out to people. Tell people that you want to work in that industry. And yeah, I feel like that's truly a big part of it. And maybe tailoring your socials because Mm -hmm. nowadays those companies are going to be looking at your channels. And if you're someone who wants to be in travel, probably be good if you could showcase that you can travel. If you're someone who's like in the health and wellness industry, but your Instagram is full of you partying every weekend, like trying to match like your online expression with the values of that company Mm -hmm. and even not like faking it so much that it's not accurate or not authentically you on your channels. But, you know, the website is your website, your socials are what those companies impression of you is going to be. They don't know you probably. So that's what they're going to be going off of. Yeah. I think that's a great tip. Yeah. So I think all that and you're definitely be set on your way to success, hopefully. Yeah. And be patient. Yes. And maybe realize that no doesn't mean not ever. Mm-hmm. It could just mean not right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've heard this before, but nobody likes their first job. So if you're in your first job and it's very mundane, it's not your favorite thing in the world, just know that a lot of people don't like their first job. And it's just another step along your journey that's going to take you to that dream job. And make sure you're constantly doing things to set you up to achieve that dream job. I love it. Wow. Okay. That was what you're best to do. This was a fun one. Yeah. I like this one. Thank you guys for hanging out with us today. It was a pleasure. And as always, send us your questions. You can DM them to us whenever, but definitely be on the lookout around the end of the month. We'll put up a question box and yeah, we'll be ready for the next month's questions. Sweet. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey guys, thanks so much again for listening to another episode. We seriously appreciate all the love and support. And to show our appreciation, Allison's going to announce a giveaway that we have going on. And she's going to tell you how you can get entered. All right. What you can win is a big PR box full of all of these awesome products. There will be something in there for everyone. In order to get entered, there are two things you can do. One is to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure to send a screenshot of that to our Instagram. That way we know you left that review. Or you can put something 
popping up on your Instagram story, whether that's a screenshot of the podcast episode you're listening to, a quote that you resonated with, and tag us so that we can make sure to see it. And then we will put you into our chart of your name and we will draw at the end of the year. As always, if you guys want to stay connected with us, you can join our Facebook group, Already Friends Podcast, Friend Squad. You can also join our Patreon page, patreon.com slash friends. It's $5 a month for a bonus episode every single month with access to our entire backlog of bonus episodes. Guys, so many good topics there. So go check that out. And yeah, as always, thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.